To the outside world, you seem to have it all together. But in reality, your soul is slowly dying. There's a void inside you that you can't explain. Today on the show, we talk about the masks that we wear. And I'm not referring to the masks we've been wearing during the pandemic. The mask I'm talking about is the one we wear to not reveal our true essence. We're also going to talk about how to tap into our intuition in order to create the life we want. Welcome to another episode of The Power of Choice. Do you sometimes feel as if life is passing you by? Like there should be more? You have big dreams, big goals, but fear and doubt stand in your way? You'd like to find your purpose, be more fulfilled, and reach your greatest potential? If so, this podcast is for you. Hi, my name is Chantal Gauthier, and my mission is to inspire you to step out of your comfort zone and into your power. I want to help you eliminate limiting beliefs, feel the fear and do it anyways, so that you can live your best life. I'm going to give you some practical tips, some strategies, and I'm also going to offer you some inspiring interviews to help you move from dreaming to achieving. We're going to talk health mental, physical, and emotional health. We're going to talk spirituality, mindset, personal growth, pretty much all things to help us become more. Because when we become more, we can do more, have more, and give more. Hey, hey, guys. Hello. I hope you're having an awesome day. Thanks again for tuning in and for trusting me with your time today. There's no place I'd rather be than right here, right now with you all. And I'm very excited about today's show because I have a very special guest on today. I actually had her on my French podcast, and it was one of the episodes for which I actually got the most positive feedback. Kathy Tropiano is the founder of the Awareness Exhibit. She is an author, an international speaker, and an intuitive coach. Kathy, welcome to the show. Yay, thanks for having me. I'm really, really honored, really, really happy to be here. So excited to see you again, my friend. So just to let our listeners know uh, how we met, Kathy and I actually met on Instagram. We're part of the same Instagram mastermind group, and her and I hit it off right away. We had a great, yeah, we had a great connection right from the get go. We became Facebook friends and we started chatting outside of the mastermind. And what's really ironic is before I met Kathy, I had actually started writing an episode on intuition because I just find it so fascinating. And of course, when I found out that she was an intuitive coach, which is something I didn't even know that existed, I immediately invited her to the show. So thanks again, my friend, for being here. So Kathy, you have an amazing and inspiring story, and I want our listeners to really, really get to know who you are. So let's go back in time a little bit and tell us about your childhood. How was it for you growing up? Growing up, I realized like very early on that I was having this gift, this talent. I knew things without knowing how come I know them. And very young, I started sharing it with my friends. And then my friends would say, how come you know something like that? And then I would prove it. Like in time, I would get to prove it. And then they would like ask me more questions, but I would never be able to explain to them, how come I know something that I don't know how I know it? And I remember this episode that I shared with you in the French uh, podcast, but I'll share it here too. I was playing outside with my best friend 
And I told her as we were playing, I told her, you know, when your parents are going to get divorced. And I was just like, just a regular sentence. And I remember her stopping with the balls and the ball in her hand and looking at me. And what do you mean when my parents are going to divorce? And for me, it was something really, really clear. And she had never said anything about that. And she had never spoken about her parents. And that evening she went home telling her parents, you know, Kathy, she said that. And of course, the parents, they said, where, where did Kathy go get this information? Don't listen to her. And I remember like from that day on that my best friend moved away from me. Like I knew it was part of the reason why she wasn't talking to me anymore, like the days before. So I realized that it was not okay to say it. And then a long while after that, she came back to me and she says, how did you know that my parents were going to get divorced? And I told her, I don't know how I knew because then it did actually happen. What? And I told her, I, I didn't know how I knew, but I knew. And then from that moment on, I knew that when I know something, it's not okay to share it. And like very early on, I started hiding things. I started knowing things, but not saying them because of that special episode, because it did affect me because I was sad. Because like I said, the day after she was different with me. And the following weeks after that, she was different with me. And then it repeated again later on in my life. So I realized like very early on that wow. it's not okay. Everything I know. And again, it was that episode at the beginning, you know. So when you say very early on, how old were you at this time? I remember being like in first grade. It was almost the end of the first grade. So going on my second grade, but like seven, eight years old. Right. And and you know what I would hear adults say, people that were adults around me, they would say, Kathy has a lot of imagination. Mm. Although it was true to me, I took it as it was something bad. You know, what do you mean? Have a lot of imagination. It's, it's not my imagination. That's telling me these things, you know, that is crazy. And then, you know, to go undercover, I started writing like very early on, like very young, I was writing. I remember being like a 10, 11 years old and spending my summers writing in my books. And like, it would be just a little Canada book or whatever book I had in my hands, I would just write. And it was my way of sharing the messages I was receiving, but it was okay because I would always say I'm writing a story. Mm. Because the adults were saying that I had a lot of imagination, I would say I'm sharing a story and a story, it didn't have to be real, even if in my my whole soul, I knew it was real what I was living, you know? So going back to that episode that obviously had an impact in your life, because like you say, you learned that it wasn't okay to talk about these things. So it just, you just knew that her parents were like, it just, you just, it's something you knew, but you didn't know how you knew it. Honestly, I had, I had never been to her house either. You know, it's not someone that I would like see and that I would know that I caught up some ends left and right. It's, I just knew, and I didn't know how I knew. And when she asked me, how did I know? I wish I could have given her an answer because she was crying, you know, like, what do you want to do when your best friend is crying or you want to just like comfort her? Right. I didn't know what to say to her and I didn't know how to react. And Wow. So we're going to talk <laughs> a lot more about this towards the end of the show, because obviously you have that sixth sense that really uh, tapped into your intuition for sure. So, so you grew up writing a lot because it I grew up putting it aside honestly like I remember just pretending that it wasn't there you know pretending that it was okay that 
like adults would say, it's part of my imagination. And it's not, it's not something, it's not like something I have or that. And again, you know, when you're young, you think that everybody has it. You don't think you have something extra. Mm-hmm. You think that everybody sees what you see. And you don't know. Again, it was very hard for me to explain. So you grew up and then you started writing, like you say, because writing was a safe place for you. Writing was my way out. You know, if I would put everything I know on paper, it was it was a safe place. Did you keep those notes? Did you keep all those writings? It's funny because again, today, that's what I do all the time. I always write, even when I have just a message and I don't know who it's meant for, because sometimes I receive messages and I don't know who it's meant for, but then the person comes to me and then I know it's that message that I need to give to this person. So yes, I have kept a lot of my writings, but not when I was uh, at my parents' house. Wow. So hiding who you truly were started very early on, which is why. So if we if we fast track a little bit, um, you became an accountant, which is which is very uh, different than, you know, we're going to talk about this awareness exhibition and everything you're talking about right now intuition. But tell us how that happened. Actually, I studied in uh, marketing and uh, what I was really into is publicity and marketing and sharing stories again. So that was what I was attracted to. But then when I finished school, it was it was recession. So there was no jobs available. And the first job I found was along the lines of accounting. So I started working there and um, I started making money, you know, so to the eyes of everybody, I was reaching all the goals that society tells you that you need to be happy. Mm. And as I was reaching all those goals, like one on top of the other one, I was feeling a void inside of me. So yes, I had the house, I had the car, I had everything that anybody would wish for, but I was unhappy. And then there was the sense of, um, there was this sense that how come I have everything and I'm still fe- I'm still feeling this emptiness, you know? So I felt that I had no right to complain. Like, why would I complain? Everybody wants what I have. I have everything. Why would I complain? So I wouldn't even allow myself to complain. And um, the only places I was safe to complain is either alone in the shower or if I would go for a long ride with my car, that's the only place I would allow myself to cry. Because again, with what face I would tell the people around me that I'm missing something when I, they see that I have everything, you know? So I put up this mask and people that would see me in the street, I would smile. Like nobody would know, even my, my husband that was in the same house as me, he would sense that something is wrong. But how can I point out something that is wrong when everything's is looking perfect, you know? You were fitting in that mold that society imposes on us, right? And, you know, I have that similar story with the government. I mean, I had everything. I had a pension. I had job security. I had amazing benefits. And whenever I would tell someone that I wasn't happy, they looked at me like I had three heads. Like, what do you mean? You have everything. So I totally understand. And so you were wearing that mask. And even people really close to you, as you say, didn't really know what was going on. You were living with that empty inside you. So how long did that go on for? And how, like, how did you eventually obviously get out of that? 
You know, it's like um, I've been receiving signs that I should, you know, change things in my path like we all do. And I kept ignoring it and putting it under the blanket and, you know, scooping it under the, the carpet so nobody knows anything. And I think that um, ignoring the signals is not a good thing to do because I ended up going at the hospital. Mm. So um, it's the story I share with uh, Urgence de Vivre. Which, which tells the episode of uh, me re-questioning my entire life. It, it, that was your first book, right? Yeah, that's the story that I share in my first book, Urgence de Vie. And I say that's when I re-question my entire existence. If this is life, if this is what life supposed to be, I, I don't want to live anymore. You were, you, were you depressed? Were you, how did you end? Really? Like, like I said, it, it took that episode that I went to the hospital and re-questioned my entire life. Like, if this is life, I don't want to live anymore, you know? And then with that question came some answers. And the answer was, is, is it that difficult to live? Because I was saying, is this life? And life answered me, is it this difficult to live as if I had to do something more? And back then I had no idea what it was that I had to do. But nowadays with everything that I did put into place, I knew I had a bigger, a bigger mission, a bigger plan. So that prompted you when you ended up in the hospital, that prompted your first book, which is called Urgence de Vivre, which basically means living with a sense of urgency, right? Because you right. wanted to live full out to reach your full potential, to stop wearing that mask. And is that around the time that came? Because I know the first edition of the exhibition, uh, not the exhibition, the exhibit, awareness exhibit was in 2015. Was that around yeah. the same time? Because you were looking for something like that and you decided to just get it. Actually, what happened, this happened like, I would say a good 10 years prior to my first edition of the exhibition. Wow. Because then... Like I was really depressed and I really needed to go get help and some therapy. And then after that, I found someone that was helping me with hypnosis. I found that hypnosis helped me a lot. So after two years of therapy and hypnosis with this lady, then I, I got curious and I wanted to know about hypnosis. So I studied the hypnosis and I went and got my diploma. Of course you did. <laughs> I wanted to know the other side of hypnosis. And then when I decided to launch in 2015, the first edition of the exhibition, it's because I have a clinic part-time. I still work in accounting, but two days a week, I go to a clinic where I receive customers, uh, clients, patients uh, for hypnosis sessions. And I was realizing that people didn't know much about hypnosis. And I was thinking of myself when I was looking for help, When I opened Google, I found all kinds of people with all kinds of expertise, but I didn't know how, who can help me. Like, I didn't know where to go. Like, if I had problems telling my closest relatives that I couldn't share my story to them, how can I go to someone I don't know and share my entire story? So when that idea comes to me is I want to do an exhibition where I'm going to gather all the expert people under the same roof. And when people will come in to the exhibition, they could only talk about the temperature. They could only talk about like vague things, but that connection, that human connection that we do when we encounter each other's face to face, then it makes me want to come to your office and explain to you what went wrong. So my idea in 2015 is just, can I gather all these experts under the same roof? And sometimes, you know, you think you need a 
trainer to get in shape. But next thing you know, it's someone that's going to be a coach David that's going to align you on the right path. And you're going to do the adjustments without knowing that that's exactly what you needed to hear in that moment. And that's also why I needed to, I wanted to present conference. I wanted to present speakers. I wanted to give a variety of information on different ways. I won't say to heal, but different ways to get inspired so they could go get their tools to make their life better. Just the place that I would have liked that existed back then when I was lost, you know? And you decided to create that place. Right. That is amazing. So that first edition, can you tell us a little bit about how that grew with time? Because that first edition you had, so it's, if you want to describe it for us, it's just, you have, like you say, different experts under the same roof where people can go and hear conferences. Can they, can they actually get self-help right there? Or can, it's just a place to make contacts? Well, they do. They could get help on the spot. But I obviously don't recommend that. The exhibition is a place where thousands of people walk through the doors in two days. Uh, I've been presenting it uh, since 2015, and it became the biggest uh, renowned exhibition in health and well-being in North America. So I'm really, really proud of that. But again, it's not the place to get the connection one-on-one. It's the place to do the connection and then to go deeper and further with the person that will help you out. Right. If you just come and get pamphlets, ideas, just align, just, just you listen to a conference, a speaker, and you will say the sentence that you've been longing to hear for so long. Maybe you've heard it a thousand times, but that day you needed to hear it and it resonate with you. So that's a bit the idea behind the exhibition. But if I go back to the first edition, I still work in accounting and I want to present the exhibition on health and well-being. People around me don't understand how come Kathy wants to do that. Like really close people to me don't know my story because I didn't say it. Right. <laughs> and they're like, what's, what's the point? What is this? Like they were asking questions. And then I remember meeting up with the exhibitors and not having a website, not having business cards, not having no credibility, no pictures, nothing to tell them, listen, Trust me, this is what I feel. This is what I feel I should do. And in my head, I remember thinking I'm going to have a hundred exhibitors. Like I really, really wanted a hundred exhibitors. And I worked really hard, like I said, because people would say, who is this person? Like they wouldn't trust me from the beginning. And I remember arriving the weekend of the exhibition and not having a hundred, but having 99 of them. No way. Right. (laughs) Seriously? Seriously, 99. You could go get my first magazine. There's 99 exhibitors. And I was like, I remember telling the guy at the hall, the one that I signed the contract, I told him I'm going to have 100 exhibitors. And in his paper, like he so much didn't believe. He says this one, she's new. She doesn't know. And it's the first time she does one. So in his contract, he wrote that I would have 60. So that's how much he didn't believe in it. (laughs) Oh, my God. And I believed in it. And that's how, you know, the night he the naive way of believing. But again, I say I did it. But today I say that I was out with the universe. I think that when we have a mission bigger than ourselves, the universe puts his hands into it and makes it become way bigger and way higher than what I could have ever imagined. That is well said, my friend. The universe conspires when we take action and move towards the direction of our dreams. So good for you. So inspiring. So how many additions have you had? 
Well, because I have two or three a year, I think I'm at the 14th, 14th edition. Wow. Because again, the first year was only in Laval. And then the second year became Laval Livy. And then I also went to Gatineau and I also went to Boucherville. So the last edition, the one that was done right before the pandemic, we were in Laval, in Livy and in Boucherville. And let's talk about the pandemic. That's that's <laughs> uh, must have affected your work, obviously, like it affected a lot of people. So what impact did that have? You had to stop everything. Did you move everything online? How, how did that work? Well, if, if I have to be honest, when it did happen, I, I fell on my knees. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I fell on my knees and I did put my two hands down on the floor because my new work was events. Like my work full time was planning events and not having events, not being able to present events. Everything I had built since 2015, all of a sudden was stopped. And um, I stopped working in accounting only in 2018, but then my full-time job became my events. So when the pandemic hits, I have no more events to organize. And the first reaction is like, I think everybody is retract, get away and try to hide. I think I cried for a a long while. (laughs) I think also... um, you know, I, I went back to my whole way of reacting, you know, but when I was feeling myself drifting, there was something that caught me back and said, hey, you have the choice to either start crying and disappear and make this the worst thing that ever happened to you or try to get back up. And that's what I did. It was like my I wanted to get back my hands and stay on screen, stay connected with my people. I always talked about the human connection. So I said, how can I stay in contact with my people? And my first answer was start making videos. I had, I knew I had to make videos. I knew it was something that I wanted to do, but that I had postponed and that I was going to postpone for the rest of my life because it's something that's always carrying us that we don't want to put ourselves in front of cameras. And Again, doing conferences in front of thousands of people, no problem, but just opening my cellular phone and start making a video myself, it was something that was really, really scaring for me. And then that's how I found to stay connected. It was like, start making your uh, YouTube channel and uh, start making Facebook lives and uh, then doing the little shift of presenting things online. And that's how I started the... my program, Les Éclaireurs Elite, which was my first online program, which I teach on intuition and which I teach on spirituality. Everybody that is just curious about these terms, they come on the membership and uh, I give them teaching every week. And we have lives every month. And then lately, I just launched my program for women entrepreneurs, which is Intuidiva. And I help the women entrepreneurs. Um, use their spirituality and their business. My slogan is, if you don't want to do business as usual, if you want to start doing business as spiritual, this is the program for you. I love it. I love it. So you were able to pivot. Good for you. Like I always say, you put your big girl panties on and you figured it out. You pivoted. And you know what? It's so funny because I feel the same way. I've done conferences in front of thousands of people and to get behind my phone and do a live, I like... What is that, right? It's all in our heads, right? Well, good for you. 
I think so. Listen, I did the pivot, but again, when the events will start back, I know I will go back to the exhibition, but still present what, you know, what I presented for my online programs is something I always knew I wanted to do. It's also why I did my books too, you know, there's a part of it that I know how to share this knowledge, this wisdom, what I've went through. So writing a book is a way sharing a conference is a way and sharing my online classes now is the way too, you know? And let's talk about the book. We talked a little bit about your first book, but I want to talk about your second book, um, Frick In, Frick Out. It's a book that talks about the relationship between spirituality and making money, something like that, right? Which I think created quite the scandal. Tell us about that. The scandal is about people think that because you're spiritual, you can be prosper. And uh, they think that you have to be like a monk and that you have to get rid of all your things and that you have to go retreat yourself. And where is this idea coming from? Which I get it. But my idea is completely different. I say the more someone is prosperous, the more you can help people from all over the world. And it always, it always been the message that I wanted to share. It's the more I'm going to be able to have money, the more I'm going to be generous and the more I'm going to be able to bring to this world. Like it in just what I did, just doing the exhibitions or just doing the conference, I was able to make money and hire people. So these people, they have they have a job now because I was able to make money. So they're able to bring also food on their table. And sometimes we think that making money is selfish, but making money, it's nothing about being selfish. It's everything about being able to share and be able to become a, ber- a better version of yourself and a better version of what everybody needs to go grab for their self in this life. Exactly. And it's so interesting what you're saying, because I think we still have that myth, that thought that, like you say, being prosper is negative. And I think it's maybe due to our upbringing. Um, So many people think, like you say, you know, if you have money, then you're you're not you're just materialistic. You don't have good values. You can't be spiritual and be prosper. So that book came out, I think, like a year ago. Right. Exactly. And February was a year ago. And, um, you know, like I'm Italian and, and you probably heard the saying money doesn't grow on trees. Right. But because I'm Italian, I would hear, oh, if you have money, you're in the mafia. Yeah. And it had nothing to do with that. You know what I mean? So I had to say, like, I want to share my story and I want to share the spirituality side of it. Like we are able to make money and be spiritual and be prosperous and bring what this world needs. Yes, because like you say, the more we have, the more we can give. I feel the exact same way. Good for you. So let's move on now to the, I'll say like the second part of the show where we're going to talk about intuition. So intuition, like I said, I had started writing an episode on it because I find it fascinating. And um, intuition, some people call it the sixth sense. Some people call it a hunch. And you're an intuitive coach. So first of all, what does an intuitive coach do? I didn't even know that was like a thing. Honestly, even me, when I started calling myself an intuitive coach, I was expecting the reactions again, like a little scandal because I do exactly what a life coach does. But when I say intuitive, 
it's because I've learned through time that the more I listen to my intuition, the more it's bringing me on the right path. So when someone that I want to help and I tell them I'm, I'm an intuitive coach, is I listen to my intuition for what this person has to do in their life. But I also ask them to listen to their intuition because it's something we write off. It's something that from when we're young, we're thought that it's not that important. But your intuition knows exactly what you're supposed to do and exactly where you're supposed to be. And every time, every person that I encountered was doing something they knew was not right for them, at some point in their life, they didn't listen to that inner voice or to that intuition. Like I never met someone that told me, oh, I was wrong to listen to my intuition. Right. <laughs> there was always like every time I listened to my intuition, I was on the right path at the right place with the right person. So if deep down inside, we know why do we keep putting it off or why do we keep not listening to it? And um, that's what I want to teach. That's what I teach with my programs. That's also what I teach with my membership. And that's what I share in my books and my conferences. So, but let's talk about it because everybody has an intuition, right? First of all, we all have an intuition. Is it true that women are more intuitive than men? I have to say yes. Okay. (laughs) Because I've seen it. But uh, also men have intuition and you're going to see all the people that are successful. If you're going to take any man that you say this person really made it in life, somewhere, somehow they tell you it's because they listen to a hunch and they listen to their intuition or they had this bigger calling and that they pursued it. Like every person that has the success that you're looking at and that you're saying, oh my God, I want to be like them somewhere, somehow they do share it. Like no person that has succeeded in life will not say, I didn't listen to my intuition. They would all say, I listened to my intuition. Yeah. And sometimes we'll say, I don't know why I just had to, I knew I had to do X, Y, Z, right? Well, like when I quit my job in the government, I just knew this was my right path. But Kathy, I, how do you tap into it? Like, how are you able to actually listen to it? Like, is it through meditation? Is it through mindfulness? Is it to, through? I think that we have to learn how to declutter. Mm-hmm. I think that everything that everybody tells us comes and clutter this way that we have into tapping into this intuition, you know, like I'm sure I could only use my example. I was the one putting it off. I was the one not using it. I was pretending I was not existing. And then every time it would come back at me. So I had the choice to ignore it or to pay attention to it. And I noticed that the more I was paying attention to it, the more it was taking pleasure of showing me other things. You know, it's like if I'm going to give you a perfect example. If you have a friend and every time they come and see you, they bring you a gift. Right. And every time you take the gift... And you do with your hand, like if it's not important, like you, you discard it. So every time this person wants to come and see you, when they pick up the gift to bring you, they don't want to bring it to you anymore because you don't pay attention to what they're bringing to you. So it's the same thing with the universe. Every time they send you a hint and you disregard it or you discard it, well, next time the universe comes, it doesn't want to bring you a gift. But if every time your friend brings you a gift, you throw a party. What do you think happens? 
the next time your friend is coming, not only it's bringing you back a gift, but it's bringing you back a better gift, a nicer gift, a bigger gift. So I, I found through, I found out in time that the more I paid attention to the gifts I was receiving, the more the universe was taking pleasure of bringing me more gifts, more important, more impactful. And again, I was able to help and I'm still able to help a lot of people that I never thought I could help. Like, again, sometimes I don't know how come I know the answer, but I know that it's exactly that's what the person needs to hear. So now I know that I have to share it. But the, our intuition isn't developed in the same level. I mean, we obviously don't all have that gift that you talk about that you've had since you were a little girl. But again, it'll be just as loud as welcoming it. So if I'm understanding it correctly, if, if I recognize the gifts that universe is sending me, if I welcome them, if I'm grateful for them, it will keep showing me. But do you have like concrete steps that somebody can do to help them listen to their intuition? Well, first of all, I don't want to say that I have a special gift. I think my difference is that I paid attention to it and that the, mm. and not from forever. Like I said, it's only the latest years that I started really tapping into it because for so long I've ignoring it. I've been ignoring it. So I do think everybody has it. And it's not to say I'm more special on, or that you are less special or whoever is listening to this interview is less special. I just think that if you allow yourself to tap into it, you will, you can't imagine how powerful you are. You, you don't have a clue. Like you're not even giving it a chance, you know? So give yourself the chance, the opportunity and let the universe surprise you. Okay. So that's my first answer for the first part of your question. <laughs> And to go back to your second part of your question is stop doubting, stop doubting the messages you're receiving, because I think that's your biggest, the biggest top sign that you're showing every time your intuition is coming is you have doubts. But we have to stop thinking that we have to be 100% right when we do a um, prediction or when we feel something with intuition. Uh, we have this concept, this idea that it has to be completely right or completely wrong and nothing in between. And I'm going to share something with you. When we listen to the forecast in the morning and it tells you there's 60% chance of rain, how many people are going to leave with their umbrella because there's 60% of chance of rain during that day? So how come we don't react the same way with our intuition? If somebody tells you there's 60% chance this things might happen, we don't believe it. It has to be a hundred percent chance. Oh, you're right. And why? Why would it be a hundred percent chance? The forecast, they have those instruments, super qualified, super expensive, and we're only taking 60% chance. But with us, we want a hundred percent chance. And what if in time today it's 60% right? But in 10 years from now, it's a hundred percent right. So like, give it a try, give it a chance, get, stop doubting. <laughs> and is it something that we can get better at? Like the more we listen to it, the more we're, we're tapping into it, the better we get at it? I, I do believe so. Honestly, with all my heart, with all, all the experience I have also with the people that I have accompanied, the more they pay attention to their intuition, the more they're able to develop it. And honestly, the reaction I get is they're always surprised. They're always surprised of knowing but again, it's just because they're questioning. Like if you put your rational mind on one side and you let yourself go on your creative side, you cannot measure 
your power. You talked about decluttering. Do you think that the fact that so many people live on autopilot right now because life is just going so, so, so fast that we don't give ourselves the time to sit and reflect and be mindful? And can meditation maybe help in, in tapping into our intuition? I think meditation can help. But again, for everybody is different. Like if you ask me, if meditation did help me, I, my head is always spinning a hundred miles an hour. So yes, I meditate, but it's not meditation that helped me. What helped me is putting things on paper, like putting it out of my head and putting it on paper. So it gives me, it gives me a way to get things done. I feel like I did something, but for every person is different. If you just have the intention of using more your intuition just a simple fact that you say, I have the intention, you'll see that things are going to play differently in front of you just because you said so. Okay. Do you remember that story you told me on the French episode uh, about this guy you met? He was like 6'3", 6'4", and he didn't really believe in all this intuitive stuff. And then a little bit later in the conversation, do you remember that story? He said, um, to you, I, I had a flash. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> you see, I had, yes, I know. Now I know which one you're talking about. So it's an entrepreneur, like very well uh, rounded and very solid, very, very square and very, very uh, Cartesian, we say in French, like very logic, logical. And yeah. So he was telling me, oh, I don't believe in intuition. But then like later on in the conversation, all of a sudden he says, oh, I got a flash. And I stopped him on that. And I told him, what is a flash? And he says, uh, oh, it's an idea. Yeah, I go, but describe me what is a flash. It's a sparkle of light that just come all of a sudden. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> so I go, and that is not intuition? Like, is that not intuition? And when I, from that day, since I told him that, then he realizes that the, when he says I have a flash, well, a flash is an intuition. <laughs> so good. I love that story. Wow, my friend, you're so inspiring. I just love, I just love our conversations all the time. And, and I just, I'm looking forward to the day that you and I can meet in person, right? We're almost there. Now we can. I know. When we met, we couldn't even go for a coffee. I now know, we can. I know. Let's have a party. So Kathy, in conclusion, if we have a woman or women listening right now to this conversation and they feel that emptiness inside, they feel like they may not be aligned with their values or wearing a mask, would you have maybe a one or two tips to give them? I say everything we do has an impact in the universe. My French sentence is chacun de nos gestes résonne dans l'univers. So sometimes we don't, we can't, actually, I'm not going to say sometimes, I'm going to say all the time. We do some things and we don't know how much it impacts the other person. Sometimes it's just a smile that you go and that you give to someone that you don't know, but that smile can make a big difference in the day of this person. And then that has ripple effects that you can never imagine. So just go out there and listen to your intuition and do what you're supposed to do. And sometimes what you're supposed to do, it doesn't have to be a giant step. It could only start with baby steps. Mm, I love that. Only start with one step at a time. Again, when I did my exhibition, it was one exhibitor at the time. I couldn't do five, six, seven, ten at the time. It was one at the time. And every time somebody would tell me no, I wouldn't say, oh, my God, this person told me no. I would say, okay, the next one will tell me yes. 
And if you focus on that, if you focus on what's coming, you attract what you're putting out there. And I think the answer lies inside of us. Like you say, we have to trust our intuition. We know what we need to be doing, even if it goes against society's rules or um, so to just listen to that. And oh, I love you, my friend. Hey, we did it French. We did it in English. Next time I need to learn Italian. Yay! It will be my pleasure to do it in Italian too. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm really, really honored. Thank honored. you, Kathy. <laughs> Have an amazing day. Thanks, everyone. Thank I hope you, you enjoyed the episode today. That's all for today. I really hope you enjoyed the episode. I want to thank you for tuning in every month because without you, I don't have a podcast. If you like the show, I would love for you to go to iTunes and leave a five-star review and also give me your comments. Also, come join me on Instagram. You can find the link in the show notes. I want to get to know you. Tell me what your dreams are, what your fears are. If you have any topics you would like me to cover also, let me know. Also, if you have a friend who could benefit from today's episode, take a screenshot, put it in your story, tag your friend and tag me. Together, we can help even more women step into their power and live their best life.